I pray tonight that the Spirit of God will indeed not only move over you, but actually move within you and possess you and fill you through and through in the name of Jesus. I pray tonight that the Holy Spirit will do a quick work in you to bring you to the point of glory as ordained by God even in this very day and this very month in the name of Jesus. I pray that the Spirit of God will work in you and through you to bring about great things that will bless the name of the Lord and honor His majesty upon this earth in the name of Jesus. Give the Lord a big, big shout of hallelujah. Come and give the Lord a big shout of hallelujah. Put your hands together unto the Lord. Give Him glory and give Him praise. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you very much. God bless you. Amen. How are you doing tonight? Are you doing well? Can I hear your voice? Can I see your smile? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Smile is for victors. Amen. When you are a victor, you smile. Even when the storms are staring at you in the face, you smile at the storm. Praise the Lord. Glory to Jesus. Amen. I welcome you to this service tonight. And I believe that God has brought you in here for a purpose. And I believe that the purpose of God for bringing you into this service tonight shall not be defeated. I believe very strongly that God has something very wonderful something great for you and i believe that by the time the service ends you are taking your package in the name of jesus christ all right so we have been looking at the subject of the prepared body throughout this month that has been the word upon our lips that has been the sound we have been producing that I have an empowered body. I have an empowered body. Amen. This body you are seeing is not ordinary. It is treated, fitted, anything you can think of, all the Teds. Amen. <laughs> it is fitted, treated, suited, if you lifted. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is not just any kind of body. It has been infused and transfused. Amen. Infused with the very life of God and transfused with the blood of Jesus. Praise the Lord. That is your body too. Amen. That is your body too. You better believe it because that's the truth. Amen. Praise the Lord. And the inhabitant of Zion shall not say, I am sick. Why? Because the provision has not been made for them to be sick. The provision has rather been made for them to live in health. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is good. And so we are continuing along that line today. On Sunday, God um, gave us a powerful word 
through the resident pastor, giving us an understanding of the impact of fasting on our spirit man. Hallelujah. The impact of fasting on the spirit. And our father already took us through the question of the prepared body and what it entails and how we can activate it. And that's what we are continuing even today in the name of Jesus. And so today we are looking at the impact of fasting on the soul. On the soul. Remember, we have been told again and again that you are a spirit who is living inside a body, but you have a soul. So you are a tripartite being. You are a triune being. I am a triune being. Amen. You have a tripartite nature. You are a spirit, essentially. You have a soul. And you live in a body. It is by reason of your body, your physical body, that we can say for sure, we can give a specific identity to your person. Praise the Lord. So when I see Pastor Bassey, I know that this is Pastor Bassey. I will not call Pastor Bassey Pastor Stanley because physically they look different. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I can tell the difference between a male and a female by the outward casing. Praise God. No matter how flat the chest of a woman is, there must be something. True or false? If it is not uh, as, you know, if it's not watermelon size, then it should be at least mango size. If it's not mango size, at least orange. If it's not orange size, it can even lime is a size. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You know, if we're going to identify the sexes looking at, you know, the, the dressing, you may make a mistake. Now, when we are talking about the soul, what at all are we talking about? You know, we've been having, you know, some interesting tidbits of chats, you know, here and there with the bishop throughout the day. We're talking about the soul. What are we actually talking about? What does the soul of a man look like? The soul is a very interesting component of man. It's complex because of the components you know it carries or it it comprises of that is the part of man the bible tells us in genesis chapter 2 verse 7 it said and god breathed into the nostrils of man god released breath his life into the nostrils of man and man became a living soul so what was he before that time? If the soul of man came alive to give mobility and mortality to the man 
at the release of the breath of God, what then is the soul? When a person is said to have died or to die, what has happened really? Why does that body that once upon a time was having motion and moving and doing everything, now suddenly it's rigid, cold, immobile, lifeless? Hallelujah. Amen. Because by the contact of God's spirit, by the contact of God's breath upon man, the soul was birthed. The soul came alive. The soul came forth. With the release of that spirit, the soul came. And that motionless piece of clay suddenly became something. Somebody that could move, that could talk, that could, you know, lift the limbs, that could see, that could hear, that can now reason, that can make a choice and can decide. Praise the Lord. When the soul of a man leaves the body, when there's a severance, a separation from the soul, between, you know, of the soul from the body and the spirit, then the body is said to have died. But is the soul actually dead? Does the soul die at all? All those questions bishop will answer someday i have set the thing for him to answer but it's food also for thought so when there's a severance you know between these three components the spirit withdraws now we are made to understand that when the spirit of god released the spirit into man and the soul came alive at that instant also the substance called blood also came into existence so if you look at it then you understand that the soul is actually critical to the man's existence on earth very critical it is the difference between a living man and a dead man hallelujah and it is that meeting ground or the meeting place, the, 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 the place of the common ground between the, 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 the body of the man and the spirit of the man, the soul is there, is that interlinkage. Praise the Lord. So what then do we find in the soul? What makes up the soul of a man? You know, for so, for so many people, they actually think that when you talk about the mind of man, the mind is actually that, you know, whitish matter that is hidden in the skull. But that's not it. So in the soul of man, you have the mind. You have the mind of the man. 
and the mind on its own is very complex <laughs> very very complex and and entire is a whole engine room altogether it is a generating ground the mind of the man is there in the soul then you have another component called the intellect which is different from the mind but part of the soul and then we have the emotions so you have the mind that is the if you like the factory the manufacturing that is where the engine room if you like where things are processed and brewed the intellect that is the knowledge base that is the knowledge bank so they talk about iq they talk about all manner the intellect that is where knowledge is stored and now there's an interface see all of these things you cannot separate them because you know they they interrelate there's a synergy between all the dimensions while the emotions is that part that relates or expresses talks about the feelings i think uh, the feelings of man so you have emotions of pain emotions of joy emotions of love emotions of rejection emotions of happiness emotions of sadness emotions of you know celebration emotions they have to do with the feelings and that is the part of another component in the soul of the man praise the lord hallelujah and now all of these three components they work together they intertwine now the soul of the man is so crucial the mind dimension of that soul is so important that it is generally referred to as the battleground of life it's a battleground why because the body wants it the spirit wants to take control of it praise the lord and whichever one it tilts towards if it tilts towards the the physical then you know that is what feeds it and that is what it will produce if it tilts towards the spiritual it is fed you know by that and it it produces in in accordance to it what it feeds on praise the lord amen amen that is where you have the seat of reasoning the ability to reason that is where the knowledge of good and evil is you know what is good you know what is not good you know what is right you know what is not right that is where the power to decide is 
So your decision-making machine is in part of the, is right there in the soul. To be or not to be. That was a question Hamlet was asking. <laughs> I mean, I read Shakespearean books, so, so. To be or not to be, so that's the question. That is the decision engine, the room, the decision room, where you take, you make the decisions, where you make your, the choices you make in life. They are all manufactured in that place. However, the quality of your decision, the quality of your choices is determined by the component that con- you know, controls the soul. If the spirit is controlling the soul, then you have a soul that is spirit-dominated and spirit-infused. That will be a place that a soul that will not struggle with the things of God, will not struggle with the ways of God, will not struggle, you know, struggle with the word of God, but will readily open up. At new birth, our spirits are regenerated. The spirit is reborn, as it were, at new birth. But not so with the soul. The soul will have to be, you know, which is the component of the mind. The soul will have to be realigned. You have to tame it. You have to realign it. You have to make it to conform. And that is why in Romans chapter 12, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you do what? That you offer your bodies as a living sacrifice unto God. You know, holy and acceptable, which was rich noble service. And then verse 2, he said, and that you do not conform to this world, but that you will renew your minds, conform to your new world, which is the world of the spirit, the world of the kingdom, by the renewing of your mind. Renewing meaning that you remove previous information or content and bring new content. Hallelujah. And so, so if as an individual, as a believer, your life as a believer will be profitable unto you, it depends on the extent to which you have been able to renew your mind to conform with the truth of your spirit life. All right? For us to be able to appreciate the things of God and to see things the way God sees them and to appreciate things the way the way God appreciates them the mind will have to be realigned with the spirit of God and so when there is an intercourse as daddy will say between the spirit of God and your soul and your mind when there is an embrace then it means that your soul will be spirit controlled spirit dominated and so the, the offshoots of it will be holy. So that is when a person is said to be kingdom-minded. Kingdom-mindedness is a product of a renewed mind. A soul that has been realigned. 
And that realignment must affect all the components. When the mind is renewed, then the intellect begins to unlearn some things and relearn other things. If, for example, maybe you have a pull towards pornography and you have stored pornographic images right there, when the mind is realigned to the spirit, and therefore the intellect must offload all of those garbage and then reload new things. Amen. That is where the ability, that's the seat of imagination and creativity. Your ability to form images, which is uh, something that is, is very, very necessary to a faith work ability to form images he said we do not walk by sight we walk by faith nonetheless faith is not blind faith sees your faith must be on something that you are seeing not with the physical eye are we together are we together Amen. So, ability to create. And that, the Bible says that, and God brought all the animals to Adam to see what name Adam would give to the animals. And all the species of the animals that you could think of, Adam gave name to them without repeating any. The bishop will always say, if we just try you now, that just name, we shouldn't even go to animals. We should just say, give me 10 female names, girl names. You will not reach before you start repeating you say uh, Grace uh, uh, Irene Evelyn Grace, so, but you've mentioned Grace uh, but Adam did that named all the animals, did not repeat even one and God has not had the cause to change any name of the animal till now now so this is the capacity and the potential of the mind of the soul of man this is it that you can feel you can you know create you can imagine that's form images you can make decisions you can make choices you can you know you can fabricate and think and process information you can produce now, what happens when there is a marriage between our souls and the spirit of God? What happens? How do we get to the point of renewing our minds? And how do we do it? How can we bring our minds, the soul, under the control of the spirit? How can we do that? Friends, like the pastor told us on Sunday, you see, when we fast, what happens to us when we fast is that the body is subjected, is subdued. The flesh, let me put it this way, the flesh is subdued. Right? So, when the flesh is subdued, something gives ascendancy, and that's your spirit man. And your spirit man has an affinity with God because it came from, it came from God. 
All right? But the flesh has an affinity to the earth because everything has got an affinity with its source. And now, the flesh and the spirit, these two are battling for the control of the soul. And so, when you are able to tilt the soul or the soul tilts towards the spirit, then the person is said to be a spiritual person, spirit-controlled person. When it tilts to the, to the flesh, then the person is said to be carnal. That is what carnality is all about. A person becomes vain and carnal when his soul is controlled by the flesh. And so when we fast, this is what happens. When we fast, because the flesh is subdued and the spirit gains ascendancy, therefore the soul is brought under the control of the spirit. The soul is brought under the control of the, of the spirit. And so now the soul can now operate. And your mind, the Bible tells us that we have the mind of Christ, isn't it? So we can now operate at the frequency of God. We can now see things the way he sees them. We can now appreciate, you know, things the way he appreciates them. We no longer see through our flesh, but we now see through our spirit man. The soul begins to long and yearn for more of God. The psalmist said, my soul tested for thee. My soul longs for thee in a dry and a patched land. Longing to see your power. Longing to see your glory. My soul tests. Hallelujah. And thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your soul. So, because now your spirit man, you know, is now in control of your soul, what happens to your feelings? They become spirit controlled also. And this is the point, ladies and gentlemen, where we say that when you get to this point, it is not about your temperament anymore. It is not about whether you are choleric or phlegmatic or melancholic or whatever anymore. When your soul is controlled by the spirit, then your temperament is Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Because you think as he thinks. You will act as he acts. You will respond and react as he does. It is at that point that he begins to tell you that this your anger problem will destroy you. Let it go. The way that we readily attribute our weaknesses to our temperaments. How I wish you can actually, you know, subject our temperaments to the Holy Spirit. Because we are meant to conform to him, to the image of Christ. That's what we are meant to do. We are meant to conform to his image. And you cannot do that until you bring the soul under the control of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. When the spirit is in control of your soul, 
the output of your soul, your mind, your intellect, your emotions, it becomes outstanding. Let's look at the case of Daniel. We have been studying Daniel for the more than three months now, I believe. In chapter 1, it was said that they were brought into captivity from Judah into Babylon. And then the king instructed his eunuchs that the head of his eunuch, go and bring me correct, correct men. Young people who are from the king's lineage without blemish who are sound whom we can teach knowledge who can teach the language of the child is teach them science teach them everything all learning of wisdom and then daniel and his three friends were found and then they were brought and the program was that they were to be subjected to the king's portion for a period of three years after which they were to be brought before the king tested and then when they passed then they were going to be served before the king but in verse 8 we were told that daniel purposed in his heart that he was not going to defile himself with the king's meat and then he begged the head of the unit say look see just try us 10 days give us just vegetables and water that's all vegetables and water that's all just try it for 10 days and see and we were made to understand that at the end of 10 days these four young lads they looked completely distinguished outstanding there was no basis for comparison they were physically healthy they looked super and when they were tested guess what their intellect, their IQ was something else. It, 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 it wasn't around this, this level. They were tested in science. They were tested in all manner of things. All the, the knowledge and the wisdom of the day. And said they were better, ten times better than all the satraps. And the wise men of the entire realm. Old men with beards touching ground. Experienced in their hearts. And Daniel was given to fastings was given to fastings and look at how it impacted on his mind look at how it impacted on his intellect look at how it impacted on his emotions he was a very controlled man you would not get him unruly he was not erratic you cannot be spirit controlled and be an erratic person he never got hysterical at any point you know what it means to be hysterical a situation happens it's not favorable reacting and working you are worked up and worked up and worked up and worked up and worked up but you're not making any progress hallelujah When we fast, our minds are sanctified. The intellect is sanctified and energized and, you know, enlarged. 
to acquire and to know more. To perform higher and better. Our emotions are tamed by the Spirit of God. So where you would have been rowdy and shouting and, and disgracing yourself, the Holy Spirit said, bring yourself under control now. Praise the Lord. Your feet, your every action becomes ordered by the Spirit of God. The imagination which was corrupted by sin is now, you know, redeemed. To now begin to think pure things in line with Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Whatever things are pure, whatever things are good, if there be any good report in it, he said, think on these things. Praise the Lord. The pollution and the corruption of the mind will be dealt with. Why? Because the spirit has been projected. And that is the one that is now feeding the soul. The mind is feeding from it. The intellect is feeding on it. And the emotions is drawing from it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. When you live a fasted life, your soul becomes uplifted. It becomes upgraded. It becomes operates at a higher level. You cannot be dragged to the ground anyhow. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Friends, we have the mind of Christ. For us to activate that mind, we need to align it and realign it with the Spirit of God and with the Word of God. And if we can do that and do it successfully, then we must give ourselves to fasting. Do you know your appetite is a, is a function of your soul? The appetite, the, what the cravings you have is a function of your soul. When you subject your soul to the spirit which has been tamed, you know, and, and tame it through fasting, what happens is that your appetites, they become, they become clean. <laughs> You will not be having appetite for any unwholesome thing anymore. So even your cravings will be healed. Praise the Lord. You have been feeding your mind with a lot of pornography. And it has resulted in you doing certain acts that are unwholesome. Just subject yourself to, this, to fasting. And then the spirit will rise up and possess the mind. And when that is done all those cravings will have no place anymore. Amen. Renewal, revival, rejuvenation takes place in your mind and your intellect. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The product of a mind that has been brooded and infused by the Spirit of God. Friends, you cannot compare. Look at the life of Esther. Young maiden finds herself before the king, and God gave her favor. And now, somebody in, in the team of the king is planning against her own people. Remember that when she went from the beginning, she never disclosed her nationality, she never disclosed her identity. So, the king didn't know she was a Jew. 
And then Haman began to plot against her people. Plotted and plotted against her people. And she got wind of it through her uncle Mordecai. And then Mordecai tells her, look, let me tell you something. You better rise and act for your people. But if you are not even ready to do it, if you don't do it, God will raise up salvation and deliverance from another point, source. But how do you know that it's not for a time like this that you were brought into the palace? You better do something. Let me tell you, God will raise deliverance from somewhere else, but you and your father's house shall perish. She said, is that so? And there's a law that says that until the king sends for you, you don't go before his presence. If you go, now die be that. Except he holds out the golden scepter to you. What did, what did Esther say? Go and tell my uncle, gather all the people, let them fast for me. Three days, let them fast. Myself and my maidens also will fast. And they fasted and they went. Now to cut the long story short, people of God. Now, they fasted and then she went before the king. Now, the Lord gave her favor before the king. That's one. But the interesting point I want to draw out here is that. Imagine that if Esther had just gone to the king Ahasuerus and said, Why are you allowing this your man to fight against my people? Don't you know I'm with you? What do you think would have happened? The king would say, ah, you. Well, so all these years you've been with me, you didn't tell me who you are. You have deceived me. You have like, it would have turned to something else. But this is what today. Because now the fasting has, you know, kind of has elevated the performance of the mind. This is what she, she took her time. She said, let the king come. The king said, what do you want? Even to the half of my kingdom, I'll give it to you. What do you want? He said, no. Let the king just come to the banquet that I'm preparing. Yourself and Haman, come to that banquet tonight. The king said, oh, we are there. He got to the banquet. And then he said, ah, my queen, what do you want me to do for you? Place your request. I'm ready to do it for even to the half of my kingdom. He said, ah, my king, please, don't vex. Don't be angry with me. Come again tomorrow to another banquet. You and Haman. Praise the Lord. Wisdom. Wisdom. The mind was able to align with the wisdom of God. Why? Because the spirit is already in charge of the mind. You cannot operate in the wisdom of God. You cannot hook up to the wisdom of God and walk in that wisdom of God when your mind is dominated by the flesh. So as you fast and subdue your flesh, then your mind begins to be empowered. Your intellect is empowered. Your emotions are empowered. And so you become a very controlled person, a spirit-controlled person who does not react and act anyhow. No matter what the provocation is. You can look at provocation and smile. And say, I won't fall into your temptation. Praise the Lord. You won't fall into temptation anyhow. Why? Because the mind is in perfect unison, in oneness with the spirit of God. And so the affections you have will be set on the things above, not on things below. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I pray tonight 
that by the time we go through the period of fasting, 21 days ahead of us, I pray that you will come out of that fast with an upgraded mind performance, with an intellect that operates at a capacity that this world and science cannot calculate. You would come out as one who is able to put her emotions in check. Your ability to make decisions, you will see a marked difference in it. Your choices, they will become wise choices. And so the outcome of your life will be nothing short of beautiful and glorious. I want you to lift your two hands towards heaven. And just begin to talk to God right now. He says, realign your mind. Realign your soul. I need possession of it. I want it. Your soul is mine. I want it. I want to take it over. I want you to tell the Lord, take it over. Take it over. Take it over. That's why when we go for Emadan, we say soul winning. Because that is life itself. That is life. That is the center of life. That is life itself. And God breathed into the nostril of man. And man became a living soul. Lord, take it over. I give it to you. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. Kabarabadashata. Libo radarabashandarabadaba. Perosikayabadaba. Marite roboshetariadaha. my soul belongs to you Lord my soul belongs to you Lord you gave me a will but I willingly surrender it back to you oh God take my mind Take my intellect. Take my emotions. Take everything that I am. My soul belongs to you, Lord. I give it to you willingly. I give it to you willingly. Express yourself through me, Lord. Express your character, your attributes, and your nature through me, Lord. I give you my soul I give you my mind I give you my intellect I give you my emotions I give you my will I surrender my choices to you my power of decision I give it to you not my will but your will oh God not my way but your way oh God not what I want but what you want oh God it is all about you 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 from this day I walk in uncommon wisdom in the name of Jesus. I make wise decisions in the name of Jesus. 
my choices are healthy and wise in the name of Jesus I am creative oh Karaba Senderia I express Osha I express creativity of the highest order in the name of Jesus Karabade Sharabada Biro Soda Yibara Soda Yibara Soda Yibara Soda Yibara Soda Marika Boshataya I am not under the control of any temperament. I am under the control of the Spirit of God. My temperament is Christ. My temperament is Christ. My temperament is Christ. My temperament is Christ. And Him alone I manifest in the name of Jesus.